Dios ha muerto. Que fiestas de expiación, que juegos sagrados tendremos que inventar. No es demasiado grande para nosotros la grandeza de esta hazaña. No debemos nos nosotros mismos convertirnos en dioses simplemente para parecer dignos de ello. Son Lonesome Things, un podcast de películas de terror con sus confirmaciones, Josh y John. Esta lasagna. That's what it sounded like you said. Hey, uh, buenos hey. dias, mi amigo. ¿Cómo está, Josh? Hey. <laughs> I believe it. I think in Spanish it's yo soy. Yo soy. Yo soy. Wow. In Portuguese yeah. it's João. But really, Me? really, it's no for John. It's João. Uh, I guess they say João, but the, João. the Portuguese equivalent is João. Wow. Yeah. I like that. It sounds like a car went by fast. It's a lot cooler than me. Schwoom! <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right. So it's a horror movie podcast. Today we're covering a horror movie from Argentina. Ay, caramba! Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Uh, what movie would that be, John? Ah, oh, it's funny you ask, because I was just thinking about the movie that we're about to talk about. What the fuck I'm talking about? <laughs> yes, yes we were, it's, and you were. It's a little película from Argentina named Where Evil Lurks, uh, directed by Demian Rugna? Probably Runya, I don't know. Rugna. Demian Rugna. Well, we'd nah. say, yeah, we'd, we'd probably say Rugna, but uh, I'm guessing the GNN is like a Nya, Nya, so it's like Runya. Demian Runya. Or it's not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just rugging them Rugnas. Yeah. Demian Rugna. Yeah. Yeah. There goes all yeah. our, there goes all our Argentinian fans. <laughs> it's, it's all gone. <laughs> Hear that sucking uh, sound? <laughs> There they all went. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> it's uh, it's when evil lurks. Fine film, brand new, just came out. Uh, stateside, I don't know. Probably been in theaters in Argentina for a while, I guess. Maybe. I don't know. But uh, it's the second uh, feature directed by uh, Damian, <laughs> and uh, he also made what was it, Terrified, which mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. also got a lot of hype when it came out. Uh, I watched that one as well. It was okay. It had some cool stuff in it. I overall was not that super impressed, to be honest. Uh, it wasn't. Yeah. It didn't live up to the hype. Uh, yeah. This one, however, does. Yeah, it does. I actually went back and I rewatched Terrified after like going through the review process for this, and I was like, you know what? I don't feel familiar enough with that movie. Let me go back, and it's this could. You could make a strong argument for this being a sequel to that movie. Hmm. Um, Interesting, but. It's not necessarily a sequel, but there's a similar amount of um, secret order of people that know how to do spirit stuff and mm. have weird brass instruments to help them do it. 
Interesting. They, yeah, you, it's funny how you can learn things about a director if you watch enough of their films. Like, like Rugna apparently uh, has a thing for weird secret uh, spiritual orders that fight evil and carry brass nautical implements. And uh, <laughs> yeah. he has a thing for demons, and he really does not like children. <laughs> yeah, not not into the kids is this guy. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we should probably do a content warning. Um, this Ooh. movie does not just endanger children. It um, kills them brutally on screen and then shows bad things happen to their corpses. Yeah. It's rough. Yeah, if if there's if in this movie there's seven rules of things you don't do when a de- <laughs> there's a demon possession, it kind of reminds me of one like the unwritten rules of filmmaking, uh, you don't graphically show deaths of children. Yeah. <laughs> uh, unlike Damien Rugna who fucking goes balls out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's startling, and he intends it to be, and he achieves that goal. Like, it is wild, but it's not for everyone. I'm a little worried for our friend Ramon. Like, we told him yeah. to watch this movie. I don't yeah. know if this is going to be a Ramon flick. I Well, probably it, it might be up until about the, oh, I don't know, a minute and a half mark, and then he's probably yeah. done. Because, <laughs> yeah. as I said, Rugna pretty much takes his huevos out of his pantalones and drags them <laughs> all over the place. Yes. Woo! This movie is yeah. awesome. It's fucking tight. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it really lives up to the horror movie of the year description. Yeah, that's not to say it's without flaws. It's exactly. got some flaws. Uh, it, we will go into them yes. at a certain point. We're going to sound like we hate this movie, I would assume. Yep. But we don't. We actually think it's pretty neat. We don't. I pogo-sticked my way in from the one room to the other and then spider man all over this one just thinking about it while I was setting up my computer. <laughs> I flipped myself all over the place. Just doing some Jack Black cock push-ups. <laughs> All right, anything? Do we need to go over anything else? I don't know any of these actors. I don't know. Um, I don't know anything. No, the only the only actor that I've um, seen before that I know of for sure is the um, the actor that plays uh, Leo. I don't even remember which character Leo was, but uh, his name is Feder- Federico Lis and. Uh, he was in an Argentinian film called Wild Tales, which is very good. Um, oh, nice. The director made uh, he he made a movie called Satanic Hispanics, which I have to see. Oh uh, yes. He made he made uh, uh, or no, he didn't make it. But uh, the guy that plays Jamie or Jamie, as they call him, was uh, in a movie called Bienvenidos al Infierno, Welcome to Hell, and uh, yeah. Punto Rojo. And he was also in a movie called The Unburied Corpse. So nice. some interesting stuff coming out of um, Argentina that I have to say I knew nothing about. Yeah, I think this is definitely our first Argentinian film. Yeah, um, I, I like Argentinian dramas. I'm a big fan of the, um, the Argentinian movie star uh, whose name, of course, I cannot remember right now. It's... Uh, Oh, fuck it, I'll forget it. I'll forget it. But anyways, but he's a huge star there, and uh, he was in Wild Tales, as a matter of fact. So I've seen a ton of his movies, and that's I've seen a couple other Argentinian films, and I guess I guess Terrified was probably the first Argentinian horror that I've seen 
maybe. Maybe another one about a haunted house that suck balls. So, yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. One big surprise for me was I didn't realize that um, berets were still in style in Argentina. And uh, I gotta say, I approve. That's a fucking look. And we should bring it back here. Yeah. um, Argentina is one of those countries that continues a very noticeable um european influence they yeah the the spanish and the italians still they're kind of have a cultural you know like you see a lot of architecture that looks like that um there's just something there's something still very european about argentinian culture as far as i can tell and yeah uh, i had to i had to look it up because like like you said the architecture i was like wow i guess they're in spain and then i had to look up and like oh no it's argentina okay ricardo darin Ricardo Darín is fucking awesome. He's a great actor, and uh, he's always good. So that was my, that's my, you know, nice. my, my sum total knowledge of Argentinian cinema, I guess, except this and Terrified. Nice. All right, John, you want to kick us up? Uh, up? You would, would you like to kick us up with the beginning part of our summary of Un Film? So the movie opens, uh, we see these two guys in a house, they're brothers. They're hearing gunshots outside at night. Uh, they're able to tell somehow that it's a revolver and not a rifle or a shotgun. So, so that, that rules out that this being hunters, according to them. Then they decide that we're, we'll leave at dawn to go search. Yeah. So whatever. So then we, we get the opening credits. Uh, we get like a kind of a real foggy shot of a Argentinian countryside, which is beautiful. And then as the credits roll, we get like kind of an overhead shot. We see the guys leaving. They're searching. Uh, they, uh, a come across in some brush, underbrush or whatever, wooded area, they find the bottom half of a bisected body as well as a mangled hand uh, sitting on top of a branch, if I remember. But uh, they're not sure who it is, obviously, because it's just half a dude. Uh, there's also a box of some strange brass items that they are unable to identify. Uh, they also find a journal that has all kinds of stuff, some maps, some photocopied documents, uh, some photocopy ID cards, some text that they say it looks like it's in Russian, which I guess they meant Cyrillic, um, whatever, I'm a douche, and, uh, <laughs> sorry to get pedantic there, um, <laughs> you assholes, they, I, <laughs> it's Cyrillic, you prick, um, <laughs> they, they, uh, work their way towards a shack, and, uh, which is really the only way I can describe it, it's somebody's home, and it's, there's, the dogs there are freaking out. Uh, a woman named Magdalena comes out to meet them. She and her younger son are awaiting somebody who's supposed to arrive to kill her older son, Uriel. Um, but now he's not going to make it because he might be cut in half in the middle of a woods somewhere. <laughs> um, they go into the shack and they see Uriel laying in bed. He is a grotesquely overweight bald man, middle-aged man, I guess. He's so covered in pustules and gross discolorations that it's kind of hard to tell his age. He's like leaking yellowy pus hoise out of the corner of his mouth. It's uh, really, really disgusting. Great effect. Yeah. Um, Magdalena tells them that he is a possessed, as they call it. So he's possessed with a demon, supposedly, and that he's rotting. And that praying does no good, which I think refers to the, the tagline refers to that, praying will not help you or something like that. Yeah. Uh, they tell the two brothers that they kept this guy alive for 
probably over a year before they reported, you know, his symptoms, I guess, or whatever, you know, they think is wrong with this guy. Uh, so the guys head off. They, they're in a pickup truck now. They go off to find this this person that they, that they reported this to. It's the cops. They reported it to the cops. So they go to find the cops. Uh, they're at the police station. Cops are being kind of cagey and kind of, you know, like shitty copish. Yeah. Uh, these guys want him to call the mayor, you know, and they're like, eh, we're not doing that. Uh, then they kind of get into an argument with the police chief, I guess. There's two cops. One is the chief. <laughs> so they get into an argument with the chief about someone who had died in the past, apparently. Uh, Pedro, the guy with the beard, was involved in this somehow. So, yeah. you know, he's like a douche now in town. Uh, the cops start talking about a guy called a cleaner who is sent uh, by the quote-unquote ministry, apparently, uh, to clean to fix things up when these kinds of things happen. Uh, they refuse to go see anything. They basically, as the guy says, they wash their hands of it. So the brothers head off to a farm. They uh, refer to the Havsies guy as the cleaner, and they say that, quote, someone is preventing him from cleaning. Uh, they say that the cops told them to stay mum so that the, quote, ministry will send another cleaner. They're talking to the farmer uh, Armando Ruiz. Ruiz. He says that they, referring to the demons, make the dogs go loco, and that the state wants his land. They're behind all this, and that the brothers should leave while they can. It's a little confusing, mm -hmm. and doesn't matter that much. Yeah. The, 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 it would be cool, I guess, maybe if he got a little bit more into this government conspiracy thing but this movie really sets up a uh, sequel so maybe he'll get into it there yeah whatever so now we cut to armando or ruiz and his wife they're sitting at the dinner table he's frustrated with the situation he's upset so he he gets up and storms out and heads over to uriel's place with a shotgun because he's going to kill him but magdalena says if you do that you're only going to spread evil you can't you know kill him with a gun we have to have a professional do it which, again, is, you know, Ruiz already knows this, as far as I can tell. And there's a lot of stupidity, particularly with the male characters in this film, yeah. who are very, uh, what's the word, like, stubbornly stupid about things. It's that machismo. Yeah, right, yeah. So we find out that, essentially, Uriel is pregnant with a demon, and they have to kill, kill him the correct way by using a cleaner before the demon is born, because... Then really bad shit's gonna happen. Although apparently, I never know what that is sometimes in these movies because really bad shit is already happening. Yeah, yeah, it's it's very vague, but not in the worst way. No, it's it's cool, and so it's fine. <laughs> it's it's great. The 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 pregnant Uriel demon is begging Ruiz to kill him because of course he wants the thing that the demon wants to come out before the uh, he says before the demon moves over to his mother, Uriel's mother. Ruiz is all spooked, freaks the fuck out, and uh, he wants to tell the brothers that they need to, they all need to take Uriel away and kill him a good distance away from their homes, which is an incredibly dumb idea. It makes no sense why taking him away from his home would, would help. Which, you know, and of course it doesn't. Spoiler alert. Um, they, they, there's this really disgusting scene where they load... Uriel up, like, lift him off the bed with a sheet, and he's, like, pus leaking through the sheet into the ground, and the sheet tears because he's so heavy. It's really gross. Yeah. 
they put wrap him up in like a blanket or a carpet or something and put him in there. There's pus everywhere. And bullets. He's also like leaking bullets, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what that was about. Yeah. They they drive uh, I think it's I forget how many kilometers they say they drive 300 or something. I don't know. Yeah. But for at some point they decide that they are now far enough away, which makes no sense or just about far enough away. And then suddenly, out of nowhere, they hit a deus ex machina right in the middle of the road. And, uh, I mean, I'm sorry, I'm st- I meant a kid. Yeah. And uh, then they keep driving. They stop in the middle of fucking nowhere because they're going to drop Uriel in a ditch, but he's gone. So it occurs to them that the kid that they almost hit when they swerved to get out of the way, somehow Uriel fell out of the truck. Okay, great. Yeah. Um, Ruiz says, fuck it, we've driven far enough, even though earlier he said they didn't. We're done. Let's go home. And that's movie over. Yeah. No, wait. Okay, so we cut to uh, Pedro's brother, uh, Jamie. He's drinking beer at night, sitting around, looking at a bullet, because there's a lot of bullet symbolism that don't symbolize anything Mm. in this movie. Uh, Pedro takes a shower. Later, we see him alone sitting at a table, kind of looking out this... He opens a door. He's smoking, drinking, looking out the door. Uh, He kind of looks away for a minute, and the door closes itself. Like it does it just it's just closed it basically you don't even hear it closed yeah it was dumb um the, this movie has no i don't think it has a single jump scare which is fucking awesome yeah <clears throat> um i expected one a few times it didn't have it and that's one of the strengths of this movie by the way is that there there's a couple scenes particularly in the middle of this film where they build the guy builds an incredible amount of tension yeah and and then when he lets it out it's some of the most glorious horror action I've ever seen in my life. But anyways, <laughs> so Jimmy is now dicking around with the brass Dumaflachi, that thing that they found in the box. He took it with him. I guess, so. Yeah. I think that's funny too, because like when they found, they, they found this kit of, of like, basically like, like we know, you know that Damien Rugna has a sexton at home. You, you could just tell at this point, like he does. <laughs> um, and and they like they're going through all of this stuff, and for some reason Jaime has picked up the single most boring piece of brass, and he's like, "Hmm, this this looks familiar." And it's like, dude, that other stuff is way cooler looking. There's like dials and shit that looks like like Leonardo da Vinci's telescope. Like, come come on. And he's like, "What about this little little pivoty piece? I like that one." Anyway, so uh, back at Ruiz's farm, Ruiz's wife points out an evil goat. There's a field of goats. She points at one. He points a gun at that goat. All the other goats leave. That goat does eyeball staring with him. There's a shot from behind him where there's like devil horns growing up out of his head. It looks really good. And he's going to shoot the goat. His wife is like, no, 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 don't shoot the goat. And then now we see she's super pregnant, and so she's waddling away from the situation as fast as she can to get a wood axe. If you've seen the cover of the movie, you know where this is going. And so he shoots the goat in the face, and then she chops him in the side of the face with the axe, and then turns the axe on herself and gives herself a good five and a half whacks in the face. Oh, it that whole sequence is just just beautiful. It's so good. The effects are amazing. Uh, her, yeah. like she hits herself like you know with decreasing levels of strength because she's dying. Yeah, and at the very end, she's about to go for a final blow, and she just falls over dead. But like, it's so cool. You see the cut, and then it starts to bleed, 
you know, like that moment where the body's like, oh, I just got cut in the face. I need to bring all the blood out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, but man, she hacks him in the face, like his eye kind of like turns sideways. It's like, oh, it's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. No, this guy, this guy is like nailing it on the cuts and the camera changes. Like it is killer awesome. I fucking love this movie. <laughs> Uh, whoever did the makeup effects in this film, the guy deserves an Oscar. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, yeah, yeah. Especially with hers. Yeah, yeah. You're right, because because it is. It's it's that that last one where it like the axe almost makes it all the way to her face for that last whack, but then she just collapses and ah, oh, so good, so very good. Okay, um, uh, they find out about this through Uriel's little brother. It doesn't really seem like it matters, and in fact, it really kind of doesn't. Uh, the brothers devise a new plan. They're going to go into town. They're going to get Pedro's kids and then get out of here because this whole place is fucked. Uh, he forces his way into his ex-wife house and immediately gets naked and asks for clothes before anything else. And so it comes out that he's been kind of like a shit ex-husband and hasn't been paying his child support and they haven't even heard from him in like years or something and now he just but which is weird because he's she's got a restraining order against him it's like why would you hear from him Um, yeah there's there's like stuff here that we're not getting and that's fine i bet it's boring stuff (laughs) yeah it's true i really don't care that much the idea gets comes across yeah and another person here so it's his ex-wife sabrina and the guy you were talking about leo that's the new husband oh that's leo yeah he uh, pedro has two sons with sabrina and then she has a younger daughter with leo and they have a big old dog real good dog like uh like a turner like a hooch from turner and hooch yeah yeah top-notch dog and so while they're arguing, uh, Vicky is petting the dog. He's gotten new clothes by now. He's burnt his old clothes. They're like, dude, you're fucking crazy. You have to get out of here. But now they're just arguing. She's petting the dog. And then the dog turns to her and chomps her head. Oh, the child? Yeah. <laughs> chomps ch- chomps down on Vicky's head, carries her away. And we can hear her screams muffled because her her scream maker is inside the dog's giant mouth. And uh, the the little boy is there. Santino sees it happen, and he's starting to freak out. We see another little shot of the dog just like shaking the girl to death underneath the table by her head. By oh her head, uh, it is intense. When when I mean, you see it coming, and the tension is really building because the woman that plays his ex wife is a great actor. Mm-hmm. Her stress at him being there and her having no idea what he's there for and freaking the fuck out. It just it just is building and building, and in the meantime, the camera keeps showing the dog, who you know is possessed, and the little girl is standing next to the dog, and then you get the camera shot of the wife freaking out of the husband, ex-husband, the little girl with her hand on the dog, and just, you know it's coming, and then out of nowhere, the dog just goes, home, right on her face, and it is, yeah. oh my god, it's brutal. It's the only time in my entire life that... I my hands went up to my face like a little kid and and I went oh <laughs> yeah. I've never done that before for any reason and it that see that I knew it was coming and it freaked me the fuck out yeah yeah cuz it's you you they build it up so they 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 
they tell you it's happening. They tell you it's going to happen. You, they so many shots back and forth where it's like from the perspective of them arguing in the other room and you can see the girl and the dog in the background and then the opposite angle where it's from behind the girl and the dog and back and forth. And so it's like, hey, this is the thing that you're supposed to be paying attention to. You still don't think they're going to do that. And then they do. And it's fucking great. It's fucking great. This whole section that starts with Ruiz and passes through this whole bit that we're, that Josh is talking about right now is among the greatest scenes of any horror movie ever made. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. And then runs out of the house carrying her limp body still by the head uh, everyone is freaking out. Pedro and Leonardo run out of the front door to look to, to rescue the girl. The dog is already fucking gone. And so they're just now running around the suburbs looking for this dog and the little girl. We see Leonardo shoot the dog and the little girl, Vicky, has come back and she's perfectly fine. She whispers to her mother that daddy's going to kill you. He's going to come back and kill you. Uh, and so Pedro has, it, while this is going on, Pedro loads his children into the car, uh, steals steals Sabrina's car, and drives off. And as he's driving away, he sees in the rearview mirror that Leonardo is in his pickup truck, and he slams it into Sabrina and just completely pulverizes her. He is bleeding out of his head as Vicky is off on the side, dancing and twirling, which Sabrina was holding the little girl, so it really looked like they got both of them, and then she's just fine and dancing and having a grand old time, and, and like, Pedro's seeing this happen as he's driving away, and he's just like, oh, fuck. <laughs> Boy, did I get out of there just in time. <laughs> yeah. He goes then and he picks up uh, Jaime and their mother, uh, the kid's grandmother. She's very excited to see her grandkids, but she's also being very sensible. She's like, wait, is this Sabrina's car? Is Sabrina okay with you having the kids? What kind of like what what kind of agreement did y'all come to? But she's also just very happy to see the grandkids. We see her playing with this little charm necklace that she has where it's a little happy family and children. And she just always plays with it. And it makes her it's like her little little comfort dealy. And so they they end up driving away. Santino asks about like what all is going on. So grandma expositions the rules. There are seven rules, in fact. One, don't use electric lights. Two, animals. Mm -mm, none of those. Um, don't use or have or touch things that were close to the possessed. Mm -hmm. Don't hurt them. Don't say their names. And then she goes ahead and says all of the names of Satan, which is tight. But mm -hmm. uh, the, even the kid's like, Grandma, you're saying their names. <laughs> and the, uh, don't use guns because gunpowder, mm -mm, not not good. No. no. And, uh, and then the last one, after some little confusion about forgetting it, it's don't fear death because uh, they know your fears better than you do. So that one's a little a little vague. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay, I won't fear death. Thanks. Yeah. Oh, and don't hurt them. Okay. I'll just uh I guess we'll just let them do whatever yeah. they want. That's not a problem. Yeah, it's good. Um and then um 
they stop. They're looking for apple-flavored ice cream for Jair because he that's what he wants. And he's in the car and he's mo- moaning, Azrael, Azrael, over and over. And then Sabrina calls. Pedro gets out of the car to take the call. That That's a good idea. Yeah. Because clearly she's, you know... Sure, she got smashed between a pickup truck going probably 40 miles an hour in the front of her house. And uh, sure, she's probably been flattened into a blood paste. But now she's calling. Mm-hmm. This is one of those... This is kind of like the the beginning of the fact that Pedro may be the dumbest man that's ever lived. Um, <laughs> and I don't know if it's... I guess, in retrospect, I thought, okay, well, maybe it's just because the demon is fucking with his head. Uh, because, you know... There's a character we meet later that that explains that, you know, certain people, I guess I'll say, can't have their heads fucked with by demons. So, and everyone else can, essentially. But it's never really implied that it's just basically, you're just basically shown the fact that Pedro's a total fucking idiot. Yeah. So, whatever. <laughs> so, of course, it's demon Sabrina on the phone. It's not regular Sabrina. She wants, their it wants the kids. Uh, she starts, you know, pressing in for the kids. Then she starts insulting him telling him that he's a piece of shit and that he's a terrible person. And it's pretty nasty stuff. Um, He gets upset because he's a moron and trashes the phone, which is probably a good idea. That was a good idea. And then um, he kind of has like a reality check moment where it occurs to him that he's the dipshit who brought evil to his ex-wife. So he cries. Um, Great. Um, Jaime suddenly knows uh, that it occurs to him suddenly, out of nowhere, Deus Ex Machina, yeah. that there's someone who uh, might be able to help them and give them money. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> whatever. So they arrive at this this house. This lady comes out. Her name is Mirta. She's older than the brothers uh, considerably. We don't at first. We don't really know why Jaime even knows her. But anyways, she has no power in her house. That's good because um, that that was by choice, you know, because of the whole power thing and demons. Except it was originally just lights, but okay. Yeah. And then, yeah, she she wants to she she decides that she wants to take them in. She's gonna house them. Uh, Pedro's like, no, nah, man, we gotta go. You know, fuck this shit up. Uh, even though you can probably help us, so fuck you. And then, you know, she says, yeah, I'll give you money, but um, she can't get her money because it's in the bank, and the bank doesn't open until Monday. So now they kind of have to stay, you know, and they he. Jaime convinces Pedro to stick around. So Jair needs changing his pants, I'm assuming. <laughs> so they change him and give him a bath. And then, you know, they, they have to stay be- because of these things, essentially. So uh, Jaime tells Mirta about the experience that they've had, seeing a possessed person. Uh, she's not completely convinced yet, which, okay. Um, Granny stays in the car with Jair because he... He doesn't want to get out of the car, so Granny stays with him. They they can't sleep. The brothers stay up because they can't sleep. Um, uh, apparently, Grandma can sleep really well. That's great. <laughs> well, no, that's later, I guess. Um, okay, so anyways, uh, Pedro is, is you know, kind of like... He, he's giving Jaime basically a hard time because, as we discover, Jaime and Mirta had hooked up years ago. Yeah. That was an odd thing. Um it just gives, he's like teasing him about it. Cause you know, they, the world isn't coming to an end. So you might as well tease your brother about having sex with an older lady. <laughs> yeah. um, and it never comes around again. 
It really doesn't. It's not important. They could have just said, oh, he was his, she was his teacher, whatever. She was a friend, whatever. It doesn't even matter. Who cares? Um, Somebody, back at the car, we see somebody come up to the car who looks an awful lot like Sabrina, covered in blood. Um, Grannies, everybody else in the house is asleep, finally, or whatever. Uh, the wo- the woman walks up to the car, puts her bloody hand on the car. It's, it is Demon Sa- Sabrina. She's come for her children. She already has Santino, the younger one, um, and she looks quite assy because her, you know, she's been smashed. So Granny wakes the brothers up. She's freaked the fuck out. Uh, she's very scared of of fake Sabrina, who took you know who was in her room basically with Santino, Santino, um, and then. Uh, <laughs> Pedro runs upstairs, finds, you know, Sabrina upstairs. Uh, He's trying to talk to her, but, you know, it's not happening because she's a demon. And then she takes the boy and jumps out the window, uh, kind of like when they shoot uh, Michael Myers out the window in Halloween, except she chooses to go out the window. And then just like Halloween, they run downstairs and she's gone, took the boy with her. Uh, Pedro smashes the car window because I guess Jair's locked in. And, uh, yeah. to get him out. <laughs> and, uh, Myrta tells him that Jair is possessed now. And she can tell because his fingers are twisted. <laughs> okay. Um, she busts out her cleaner kit. She's a cleaner, everybody! Uh, she explains that the rotten still need to be cleaned as soon as possible because the demon will be born. Um, its spirit is out now, but... Eventually, when its physical form is released, then oh, then it's really gonna get bad. Then it's but we on. don't know. We don't know in what way because no one ever fucking tells you. Yeah. Um. Great. So that's whatever. Uh, she calls them idiots or imbeciles because they moved uh, Uriel from his place of demon. Re- I don't know. Yeah. Again, I. Who cares? Whatever. <laughs> um. I, I, I don't know if the implication is that they've spread, that somehow spreads the, the evil, but it's spreading anyway. So Myrta uh, discovers, she notices that the power is shut off in town, which I'm guessing means the government is aware of what's going on. So they've shut the power off in town to keep the, Lights. the demon evil from spreading or something. Yeah. yeah keeping the power. Yeah. It, it, that's a little vague. Again, uh, she warns them not to go into town. You know, and and then if they do drive, because of course they're going to, uh, no headlights. Yeah. Uh, and then she tells them this story about how she and her former husband ran a, a scam church uh, <laughs> for money. That then they were fraudsters, and that one day a possessed person came to them, who she thought was an actor they'd hired. <laughs> and but then she realized that that's. He actually is possessed because he just b- all of a sudden barfs up the family he had eaten the day before. And uh, as a result of this, she now knows that God is dead. I, <laughs> I mean, it's... Yeah. Okay, that's great. It makes no fucking sense. Whatever. Yeah. And But just to add to that, snakes appear. Uh, whatever. To her. She's telling the story to her and her husband. And then she suddenly starts talking about how monks tell them that you must kill the possessed or the, the the rotten or whatever before the demons are born. And uh, that for 12 years they went around doing this and uh, that they ultimately took responsibility for the damage they did to the, quote, faith. Yeah. It makes, it makes no fucking sense. It's just like, 
dude, you were on a fucking roll. And then all of a sudden you like ran into a fucking dead end called Myrta. So, (laughs) (laughs) so, so when, do you think he was, do you think Jaime was like one of her weird followers when she was running a scam church? And so that's like part of like the grossness is he was a little kid and she was into him. Yeah, I, I she's like the pedo fake church person slash cleaner who apparently is appointed by God to kill demons. It makes it's like what? Not by God. He's hell? dead. Oh yeah, he's dead. So, by by whatever. Yeah. The powers of goodness. I don't know. Monks. But in the meantime, <laughs> she's playing hide the salami with Jaime when he was a young feller. <laughs> It, yeah, yeah. Whatever. We're gonna move past this part. Damien Rugna just basically kind of lost it here. Yeah, he did. Um, I mean, it flows. It still flows well. It's still, you know, it's still cool. But it just that this whole part makes no fucking sense at all. Um, so now she, she's like, she, she wonders if, again, this makes no sense. She wonders if the demon has infected this area because it's trying to find her. I yeah. guess to get back at her for killing it. Oh, just stopping it from coming, you know, manifesting, I guess, whatever. Back at back uh, at yeah. Jamie, who's still driving around, uh, flicking his headlights on and off so he can kind of, like, anticipate where the road is going to go, I guess. it. <laughs> apparently, if you flicker your lights on and off for just, like, a second or so, that's okay. Um, yeah. He sees somebody stumbling down the road away, kind of, like, in the direction that he's going. Um he slowly drives past because if you slowly drive past, they won't notice you. And <laughs> it's Demon Sabrina eating Santino, <laughs> just munching away. Um, but not just eating him. Like if you have, if you've ever like walked around while eating a bag of chips, it's like that. She's holding him in one arm. She's popped off the top of his skull and is just reaching her arm, her other arm, down into his skull and is yoinking out bits of brain and eating him like it's a bag of chips. And, and to be fair, once you pop, you can't stop. <laughs> oh, yeah, you can't just eat one Santino chunk. <laughs> oh, my God. So, uh, Jaime plows her into a tree. Yes. Um, And hurts himself, whatever. Uh, Pedro and Mirta can't find Puss Dude because they're out driving around trying to find him. But they do see a sign for a rural school, and Mirta says that the demon likes children, so they should go there. Because I guess guess children live in the rural school. That's not really explained. Um, Yeah. Another dumb thing. So... Back to Jimmy. He's at the tree. He's hurt. Gross Sabrina is trying. She's on the hood of the car, trying to fuck with him, doing the kind of the demon taunting thing. Back at Mirta's house, uh, Jair, Jair comes out, walking to uh, Granny. He's talking normally. He's hungry. She freaks the fuck out, as probably she should. Uh, yeah. Meantime, Pedro arrives at the school. Uh, Mirta tells him to turn off the flashlight. She tells him to turn off the headlights, but then he they're there, so he turns the truck off. Then he whips out, like, this giant flashlight, and she's like, dude, like, turn, will you kill the fucking flashlight? Like, what? And then, and then he pulls out his cell phone and lights that flashlight, and then she tells him, then he pulls out a box of matches. It's like, dude, get the fucking hint. This is where Pedro just goes off the dipshit deep end. Uh, oh, he really does. It's really bad, this part. It really 
the rest of the movie I'm not a big fan of, to be honest. But he's searching the church for a way in. He, he looks into this one classroom, and he sees a bunch of children sitting at desks, little school desks. They're all facing ahead. I thought they were staring, and it turns out their eyes are closed, but whatever. He checks. He starts checking for a way in. He finds a door that's unlocked. Boom, they're inside. They wander around. They end up finding uh, the room full of creepy kids. All of the kids have, like, white powder on their shoes and on their hands, and they're just being little creeps. They're all sitting in their desks looking at, like, where the teacher would be. It's It's... And, like they're all like weirdly discolored and stuff like there's one girl where it just looks like her her lips are bruised uh it, it's all fucked it, it it's rad and creepy it but is. at this point you're also a little irritated from what you've just seen so it's like yeah whatever um they notice or they see and we notice similar dust as what was on the kids shoes and hands to what was coating the auditorium stage and curtains uh, but they don't put anything together in their brain so they go back outside then the bicycle kid from earlier that almost got hit rolls up in his bicycle they yell at him he goes inside and then like five movie minutes later comes back outside because they've just been standing outside talking about what to do next yeah and they're like they're like imploring the kid for information even though well pedro is even yeah. though, I mean, it, clearly there's something fucked up about the children, but Pedro doesn't care. He, maybe he can get them to talk. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. And it's not interesting to watch. No, it's not. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, so Bicycle Kid then comes back out. Uh, he says that Uriel is at the teacher's house. Then Murta's like, I don't know, what if it's a trap? And then Bruzy Lips McGurlin Cuddy comes out. <laughs> She says, no, actually, Uriel's at my dad's house. He wanted to see if he could, like, save him or whatever. <laughs> and Murta's like, oh, okay, this is obviously a trick. They're trying to convince us to leave. That means that Uriel's right here because I'm a genius. <laughs> at that point, they figure out the dust thing. There's a hammer nearby, so Pedro starts prying up the boards of the stage. He sees that there's just a pile of adult bodies underneath the stage. They're all coated in the dust. And not not mangled and, like, ripped. It, that would have been so cool if it was just, like, a collection of body parts or something. It was such yeah. a great opportunity. To, but no, they just... It's just people covered in white powder. And so she's like, all right, you have to get, got to get him out of there. You got to get the, so, so he starts pulling up more floorboards. He's like, oh, one of them's still alive. She's like, that doesn't matter. You got to get him out of there. And we're like, we, we just saw, it took like three grown men to get this guy in the truck and he's covered in bodies and there's just a tiny hole. So he find he lifts a body out. He sees just Uriel's head. Uh, and she's like, all right, well, um, you have to insert this crazy stabby part of my awesome... Uh, she's assembling her cleaner device, and it, it, it looks like... It looks like Leonardo da Vinci is, like, gonna be, like, plotting a course. Um... <laughs> And, and she's like, here, here's a giant spike with a tube or something. You have to insert this into the nape of his neck. And he's like, well, I can't get there. And so uh, there's all this back and forth. The, the bruised lips little girl from earlier is like, there's a fire axe in the other room. Uh -huh. And 
And so he's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go get that. And she's like, no, don't go get that. She's tricking you. It's obviously a trick. No, wait, don't. Don't leave me alone with the kids. No, no. And so he goes, of course, there's the the axe hole is empty. (laughs) And uh, as he He goes back, he... He's a total axe hole. Oh, yeah, Pedro axe hole. (laughs) Axe hole rose. Whoa. Yeah. Um, And then... uh, They've they've wrapped wire around the doorknob so he can't get back, and he sees through the window that they have now uh, smashed the device and are dragging Murta away as one little kid is using the hammer that he had to smash her in the face over and over again, and they show it happening. That is awesome. That part is awesome. Um, it, it they just keep doing it very methodically as they're dragging her through an increasingly bloody trail. But yeah. I, but at this point, I'm so fucking pissed at Pedro, who is who has to be the dumbest man in the Southern Hemisphere. I mean, yeah. it's just like, dude, what, what the fuck are you doing? This lady is telling you, don't go in there. And he's like, well, I'm just going to go get the axe. I'm not going back. It's like, dude, what the fuck? This hammer's taking too long. I hate my life. I mean, come oh, on. God, and then he's standing there listening to... The, to Myrta basically dying and he's kind of yeah. like kind of like eventually gets the idea oh I've been had like oh you think so dude <laughs> how do I get through this door covered in glass panes how do, how do I open this door loosely tied with a little piece of wire <laughs> he eventually breaks a pane of glass gets himself out goes up and now he's all mad um he he Picks up one of the cooler pieces of the device. It's a, a nice blunt object, and Pedro is like saying, Kill me, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and so he uses it to crush in Uriel's skull. They show it happening. It's a pretty good effect. At times, it looks kind of rubbery and fake. Like, like watching it, I can't decide if it's a really good practical effect or kind of a silly one. Much yeah, his, like this movie. Yeah, when his when it shows him sitting there and his head's all caved in, it looks very rubbery. Um, yeah. You know, and, and honestly, what saves some of these parts, like that part, what saves it from being just shit, is the sounds. The sound effects are great. And Oh, yeah. If you watch this movie, I strongly recommend wearing headphones and cranking the volume because sound, it really adds to the gross-out factor of this movie. Even with the rubbery-headedness, like, I'm willing to forgive it because it yeah. still looks cool. It does. It's just a, a little bit smooshy. For a movie, yeah, for a movie where the gore effects are almost perfect, um, yeah, it's, it's a bit of a departure. Yeah. Which, it also didn't make sense because at this point, uh, Uriel's head was sticking up out of the hole <laughs> So he's just been down there, like, shifting his weight so he can poke his head on up. And it, it's fine. Yeah. It's fine. And now a gore-covered child emerges out of Uriel's blobby husk. Uh, and at this point, Pedro has, like, dropped to his knees. And as the little gore-covered child walks past him, he runs his he- his bloody hands across Uriel's forehead, making four blood finger lines across pedro's skin and uh i guess it's supposed to kind of be like the uh like what's it with the ash wednesday the ash with wednesday the thing y- yeah yeah um it's, and it's uh, bad friday <laughs> <laughs> nice <laughs> then he and the little blood 
Blood Boy walks out into the daylight with all of the children following him out into the field. Yeah, because now it's full daylight. Yeah. He, apparently his his birthing made the sun come up faster. They did say, so she did say that time works differently here. Mm, okay, fair enough. But, like, That's... you can't really believe anything that that lady says. Yeah, she, she couldn't even save her own ass. And she's a fraudster. Her, her whole deal is bad. Yeah. This would be a great point for the movie to end at. Yeah. Instead, back at the house, Pedro breaks the news about Myrta to Jaime, who mm. is upset. One would think that at this point, Pedro learns about Santino, but we never really get that. Uh, we see him in the shower. The blood stain won't come off of his forehead. Uriel's little brother is hiding in a barn and confesses to killing the cleaner, cutting up the body to feed to the pigs, and that he ate some of the body himself, and also that their mom has been eaten. And uh, at the table, Jair has a nice little thing of his apple ice cream, but then he starts choking, and Pedro's like, oh, let me go see what's wrong with this fucking kid. And, uh, I know, it's and like, he... what the hell, dude? <laughs> and she even, she, his wife was even like, and you left me with this broken child. It's like, wow, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. And so they, he digs around in Jair's mouth, and all of a sudden, like, there's a giant blood pimple that was in there, and it's just like pops out blood and so then he's digging around some more and he pulls out some hair he digs around some more pulls out more hair and then the kid just like kind of like a like a dog with a thing it wasn't supposed to have spits out something and it's metal and jangly and he looks down and it's grandma's little charm necklace with the the little kid charms on it and there is this great shot where the dad is looking down at the necklace and jair like does a corner of his eye looking over so like the 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 absent staring off into the nothingness turns into a uh, is he looking at me oh mm -hmm. no he's not okay go back to where i was before that was that was awesome that was great uh, i also love the shot on the floor of the like ice cream mixing like the ice cream spit mixing with the blood and it was so yes. disgusting looking <laughs> it's gross yeah uh pedro goes outside and has a silent breakdown by the pickup truck where Jaime is watching and uh, movie over. Yeah, it, it's so it's so anticlimactic. I mean, yeah, it's for a movie that's so menacing and creates so much tension. The 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 fear of the supernatural at, for me as a viewer. I mean, not you know, not like I buy this stuff when I watch movies. But if you watch a movie like The Exorcist, which was made you know what in the early seventies, it's still disturbing and that like you feel the threat of evil in that movie in this movie you never really feel it you know it's like yeah okay evil demons come and whatever these people are also dumb they kind of deserve it you know and <laughs> yes. it, it it but i mean it's a minor thing overall because i really like the movie but it definitely definitely starts to slip after the showpiece <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there is a a grand show put on right around the middle of the movie, and and it it does fall apart. It after starts that. strong and it ramps up to the top of the mountain, and then it really just starts to trickle trickle down after that. It's an unfortunate, but that, nonetheless, and I guess yeah. I, I guess we can do what we were talking about last time, where we just give our ratings right away, and then we can chew on chew on this Fuck, later. Yeah. But uh, 
Look, I gave it a fucking 4.85, despite the problems. I, I, I wanted to give this movie a 5, and I just... It, 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 I liked it so much that I still rated it really high, but, man, you know, uh, Mr. Rugna, I just want you to know that I'm being very generous, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh, wait, he doesn't give a shit what I think. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> it was, awesome. It's a really, it's a really good movie. It's a very, it's a good movie. It's a good, it's a great horror movie. Uh, it, it really does fall off in, in a lot of ways near the end, but it also handles pretty familiar territory in a, in a somewhat unique way, in a pretty, you know, original way. But so I, I, I give it a lot of credit for that. But uh, anyways, what's your rating? So I gave it a little bit more conservative, an even four out of five. Uh, so mm-hmm. that brings it to an 8.85. It's uh, mm-hmm. uh, just behind. Let me pull it up. I had it just a second ago. It's just ahead of At Midnight, I'll Take Your Soul. And just behind such films as Basket Case, Don't Look Now, The Empty Man, and Death Dream. That's fair. I mean, I was ready, you know, what, what the part that I keep glowing about um, you know i was ready to say that this was <clears throat> you know this is a pantheon movie that's going to be remembered forever um and maybe it will but i don't think it will after the second half because it just loses steam yeah uh, which is which is really unfortunate because clearly this dude has like an all-time great up in his noggin somewhere he just needs to figure out how to get it out yeah yeah he's got it he and he you can you can see it when you go back and watch terrified you can see that he's like work like doing iterative creativity like mm-hmm. he's he's he loves world building and he's mm-hmm. he's like all right now what if i use these pieces again in this way and and it's really interesting i'm super excited for the next one this one it, i just it's just a very cool one of the things that I liked about it, but it didn't perfectly nail was it's obvious that he's he loves zombie movies and that this mm-hmm. is kind of like his his departure from zombie movies standard where they're zombies. So this is like demon possession, but apocalypse disaster st- zombie movie style and it's really cool and he like even went so far he was like all right well i'm gonna i'm gonna do an explication of the rules of this one so it's like he's trying to create his own new thing and it's really cool it also works in its favor for like cutting it some slack because think about like think about the walking dead like this reminds me a, a good bit of the walking dead and pedro reminds me of fucking andrea from the early seasons of the walking dead the character that only makes the worst decisions and pedro is like that and and that's usually a trope in in zombie movies you have to have people there making the wrong decisions because they haven't seen zombie movies and this guy hasn't seen this movie and and so i i forgive it for that but there are just other parts of it where it just it's not it's just not hitting, but when it is hitting, it's hitting great. So yeah, the the four out of five, it it's up there in in the like greatness atmosphere. It's just not like peaking up high as high as it should be because there was a, a strong miss on follow three, and it also could be a cultural thing, you know, like it yeah, it could be true. like some of the references in here, like it kind of seems 
anti-religious and so it could be that like this is way more transgressive in argentina than it is here yeah no argentina is is very much a catholic country so i mean that's any any film that's dealing with you know the horrors of demon possession and that kind of stuff spirituality and stuff the the main one of the main characters is a religious fraud uh i mean you know that's a lot a lot of that stuff is a dig at catholic Catholicism. You yeah. Know, well, you know, whether whether or not he's a Catholic or not, you know, he's certainly he's certainly aware of it. Yeah, he's definitely poking uh, it. And I appreciate that. I love a good yeah. poke. Yeah, yeah, don't we all? <laughs> um, it's <laughs> yeah, I mean, another thing that I really like a lot about this movie is that he he avoids up until the hair pulling out of the mouth thing. He he pretty much avoids. Well, OK, and the goat, but he pretty much avoids all the obvious tropes of possess- demon possession. There's no hovering people. There's no, uh, y- you know, th- there's no exorcist that is sent by the, the church. But then he, there's things that he leaves on the table, like this idea that there's this overarching governmental conspiracy to kind of cover up this stuff, which is a cool idea, I guess. Yeah. It could be a cool idea, but it does unnecessary. I think that wasn't... I don't think with that he was actually implying that there was a government conspiracy. I think that was showing that Ruiz is, like, a conspiracy theory guy. And it was actually... Oh, that makes sense. It was actually his, like, oh, no, this isn't just the, con- the, the government fucking with us. And that's part of what got him, you know, fucked, was he didn't realize that this was actually part of the the great mystery of the apocalypse and he just suspected that people were trying to take his land well like i guess but don't the cops talk about how the ministry sends cleaners out yeah that they're they kind of control the situation i, I guess that just means they're aware of it it doesn't necessarily mean there's a conspiracy there might be a conspiracy to keep it from the public so they don't freak the fuck out i guess but not not a nefarious conspiracy i suppose yeah um the other thing is yeah, like you, you mentioned it being apocalyptic, which it is. And then I read an, another article where, you know, basically they're trying to stop the apocalypse. But that's not really explicit in this film that that they're trying to stop an apocalypse. Even though, I mean, obviously, if a demon gets loose, you have to imagine it's pretty apocalyptic. But because he steers so clear of dogma, the, the, this idea of like an, a religious, you know, like unleashing evil on the earth is... It's such a specifically Catholic idea, I guess. I mean, I guess it's a specifically Christian idea, really. Um, but he doesn't really get into that, which I'm glad he doesn't because I'm sick of that stuff. Yeah. And I don't I don't buy any of it. So, you know, it has to be done really well for me to be okay with it. He does avoid that, but then he kind of touches on it a little bit. So he lost his step a little bit. Maybe if you see an interview with the guy and he's talking about, you know, look, Terrified for Me is kind of a prequel to this movie. And... This movie is really kind of the centerpiece of what is going to be a series of movies. The sequel will really kind of bring some of these ideas home. Then I would be like, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll take, I'll give you that. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know that that's the case. I mean, it, it, you know, you're right. There are a lot of parallels to Terrified in this movie, even though Terrified is very much a different movie. Terrified has a lot of humor in it that this movie kind of it has some humor too but but not as much yeah and this one the humor like super doesn't work like i felt like yeah i felt like sabrina like demon sabrina eating brain chips out of santino's skull was 
way too humorous for the situation. Like, it looked silly, it looked like it was a joke gag, but it was also supposed to be this heavy moment where you're watching yeah. a child's dead corpse being mutilated. Like, eh, what are we doing here? Well, I was just going to say, the display of violence it very much is done in a way that's aware of our, you know, when you have a visceral reaction uh. to something, you know, uh, most people, when they see actual acts of violence, whether it's in person or in a, you know, news thing or whatever, uh, it, a lot of people feel sick. Yeah. I mean, it's a very, it's a very visceral reaction. This movie taps that really hard when it when it shows violence. He's really good at that. But what he's not very good at is making a movie that, in this case, is scary because. Terrified is much more scary than this, even though I didn't think Terrified was very scary either. Yeah. I don't think this movie's scary at all. I think it's more just kind of a thrill ride, like wrapped up in an art film, kind of. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's a little bit more like, you know, Evil Dead, the the like first two Evil Deads. They're yeah. not they're not scary. They're they're almost slapstick, but it's still like it's still undeniably horror. It's just yeah. it's just not like scary until you're like oh rape vines great yeah i also wonder like, a lot of the stuff that i thought was really cool was just seeing argentina like oh an argentinian subdivision that's fascinating obviously people in argentina <laughs> that's not going to work, work for them <laughs> yeah <laughs> so there, there's a little bit of that kind of you know foreign culture thing that was that makes it kind of fun for me another com big complaint that i want to say is that is the characters in this movie are really thin, including Pedro, who has some really cool ideas wrapped up in him. But ultimately, he's reduced to either being overly driven or just bullheaded to the point of being annoying. And it's you're hinging the whole movie on this character. And, it, and it, you obviously, you as in Ragna, really wants the character to matter. You know, like what happened between him and his ex-wife is kind of... There's, there's this hint that something terrible happened, you know, that he made a horrible decision and he should be in jail for it. Even the cops are telling him about that. But it's never really, you know, it's not, it doesn't really matter ultimately. So if it doesn't matter, why is it there? You yeah. know, like, just say he has a, uh, he has a restraining order because he's a cocksucker. Yeah. That's fine. I'm, I'm okay with that. And then he can be torn about it. Like, I'm not a cocksucker. There's a, there, there's something he says that, where his wife made up something just to just to get him in trouble. It's like what what where does that come from? Like, there's no. I, she seems like a victim in this movie of this guy who's a prick, and there's this weird tension when he shows up, which is all released when the dog munches the child's face. That's perfection. But then he like he just takes away from it by adding these little details that are like hints of something deeper, but that never goes anywhere. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it, it seems like it could have something to do with uh, Jair where, with, like, his autism and the fact that a demon is trapped inside of him. Like, maybe that's part of it, but we don't really get any of that. And so there's just these little bits of meaninglessness that are, like, specked in instead of actual character development. And I'm, yeah. I'm not a fan. No, me either. But Of that. You know, I still, I still stand by my high rating because... I really, really enjoyed this film a lot. Um, but, you know, the last two films I've rated pretty highly and had, you know, admitted to some pretty serious flaws. So I, you know, 
I think I need to chill out on my high ratings a little bit. It's okay because we still haven't mentioned one of my favorite things. So like, uh, so like the the axe scene and the dog scene, fantastic. But mm-hmm. there's this other element that I am just over the moon about. I I love the fact that we have this crazy brass cleaner device, and we even. We, we get so much screen, like, like not screen time, but, like, it's something that's over there, and it's something that they're thinking about. It's something that we're thinking about. We even see it her... bookends s- the whole movie. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's, like, this obvious centerpiece. And, and we even, like, see her playing with it and adjusting dials and shit. And there is no fucking way that if they actually use that device it's going to be cool at all it's going to either look like shit or it's going to be one of those stupid things that movies do where the magic device just shoots out a beam of white fix the moviness and it sucks and this would totally suck if it ever get used and then he doesn't use it it's smashed and it's perfect i did not want to see that device in action and i got it and it was so well done that's a perfect example of introducing a complex idea and then just just tearing it away because it's so dumb. Yeah, and it, like that act is perfect. It's the thing that he does, and and I that you're right. I do love that too. That is brilliant. Yeah. So so yeah, there, the, this movie is is peppered and cracked with little flaws all throughout, but overall, it's a really strong effort. It's really exciting. It's a lot of fun to watch if you can get over the harm being done to yeah. children element of things. Um, and and I just it's just fucking great. And I can't wait for his next movie to come out. I hope it's not starring Pedro. Like, I hope it's yeah. not When Evil Lurks 2, The Continuing Adventures of Pedro. Electric Boogaloo. But I... <laughs> yes. <laughs> but, uh, but I would like to see more set either in this, this horrific apocalypse universe or in one adjacent to it. Like, whatever you're going to do next, Demian Rugna, we're here for it. We're here for it. Uh, hopefully... However you get funded for films in Argentina, I don't know if the government gets involved in stuff like that. Whoever uh, has all the money for movies, may they throw all of it at you to make a truly apocalyptic, like, just nightmare of a movie that takes place in in, um, Buenos Aires, you know, and is just, like, a giant epic nightmare. That would be so cool. Hell yeah, Espiritu Sancti. Yes. You done anything else cool in horror land? Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. I watched some gluten-free movies. Uh, <laughs> uh, we talked, did we talk about, oh yeah, we, we talked about these movies last time. Didn't we, did we talk about watching Cobweb or did we just? Yes. Yes, yeah, okay. You, you'd watched Cobweb, it wasn't great. It was not great. I, I finished. Oh wait, I think I read that on your Substack. That oh. we didn't talk about it. Yeah, that's right. It 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 wasn't great. You're, you're right. Um, <laughs> it had a cool it had a cool scene in it, but that scene is in the trailer. So if you watch the trailer, you don't need to watch the movie. The boogeyman was terrible, but the monster was cool. You were one hundred percent correct, and that's all you need to know about that movie. Uh, <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> I started to watch Slother House, and it is fucking oh. terrible. It's not funny. Yeah. It's not. It's. It's just garbage. I didn't even get probably a half hour. It's just, it's pure shit. Um, yeah. Then what I do want to briefly talk about is there's, we, we watched an, well, 
Iranian. It was shot in Jordan, but it was made by an Iranian director. A movie called Holy Spider that's on Netflix. Ooh. It's based on a true story of a of an Iranian serial killer that lived in a town that's like a religious center in Iran, and he killed a bunch of prostitutes and believed that he was, you know, doing the Lord's work. And Fuck yeah. a reporter, a female reporter, is uh, goes to this city to to investigate and basically, you know, tracks this guy down. And it's it's very, very grim and incredibly well made. It's not a horror film, but it's horrifying. And it's wow. the perfect example of, you know, a situation where real life is always going to be worse than anything you see in a horror film. Uh it it deserves to be, you know, seen by the horror community. I don't know that it would be fair for it to usurp a horror film and say like an award show or something because it's not really a horror film. But my God, that movie is good and it is daunting. It's it's nice. It's very intense. Uh, hats off to that dude. She won the best actress in Cannes with her performance. So it's you know, it's very much a movie person movie, but but anybody could watch it. It's very intense. Ali Abbasi is the director. Yeah, that's it, Ali Abbasi. It's it's fantastic. I, I highly recommend that movie. Um, how about you? It's rated NC seventeen. That's wild. It's very you don't see that every day. It's very intense. There's there's graphic sex scenes. There's uh, extremely graphic sex scenes. Uh, there's you know. I mean, he murders prostitutes right in front of you, it, and it's intense. He strangles them, and it looks real. It's, I mean, not that I've ever seen someone strangled, but you really feel bad for the actress. Like, you're like, Jesus, what is that? That's a little rough. Is that okay? I mean, it's it's very intense. That's not, wow. I mean, I'm not saying that's a good thing. I just, but but to serve the story, you know, it, it's it's amazing. It's a really good film. That's fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, holy spider, you've been out too long in the Middle Eastern Sea. They call him the spider, if I remember correctly, because he nice. lures them back to his lair. He brings them back to his home. He's a construction worker. He lives with his wife and children. And whenever, they, like, he finds excuses to get him out of the house or whatever, you know, like they're going to go see a movie and, oh, I'm going to stay home. And then he goes cruising for prostitutes and brings them home and kills them in his own house. It's pretty intense. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Started to watch Insidious, The Red Door, uh, and I just turned it off basically immediately because I could not bring myself to give a shit. Really? It was that bad? The, so the the movie starts out where it's like, all right, and now after the events of movies one and two, here's father and son, and they get themselves hypnotized so that they will forget the events related to the first two movies so that they just won't remember that that's going on. Mm. And then it's like, skip forward 10 years. He's an angry teenager about to go away to college. And he's kind of a shit dad. And now they're divorced and the family's torn apart. And they don't remember that they have... the. It's I was like, oh yeah, very fuck you to this movie. I don't feel like watching them not realize that they have these supernatural powers and have to like go through things because of your stupid little movie setup no thank you yeah it sounds like a writer was like you know what can we do to you know here's an idea that's not really good but we could do this yeah <laughs> it's it's not james wan i assume is he did did he make it i doubt it 
I have no idea. I hope not, because he does awesome movies, and this movie blew chunks. Well, well, the, the first like twenty movie, twenty minutes of the movie blew chunks yeah. because I stopped watching. He's he's one of those guys that's hit or miss. Like he makes a good movie, it's awesome. He makes a bad movie, it's complete garbage. True. Yeah. And I watched The Omen all the way through for the first time. The original. Yeah. That's a great movie. I was bored. Really. Yeah, maybe it's a maybe it's a, a, a like an age thing because I saw it when I was a kid, so of course it scared me. Yeah, yeah, and and also part of it is that it's like such a central movie that like yeah. everything copies it. I like yeah. every time I saw Damien, I, I was just like, oh man, I wish I was listening to ACDC instead of watching this movie. <laughs> That's awesome. I remember those movies like there was the Final Conflict. I think that was with. Sam Neill, who plays oh, grown-up nice. Damien, so it was kind of awesome because he's really good at playing evil. Um, and those movies were bad, but they're really schlocky and kind of fun. There's even like a contemporary remake of The Omen that I actually think isn't that isn't bad with like Liv Schreiber, and you know it, it should be terrible. I mean, it is terrible, but I, it sh- I should hate it, but I actually enjoy it. So yeah. I, maybe I just have a soft spot for because that stuff's been ripped off so many times that when you watch that movie. It feels like a ripoff, <laughs> you know. It's yeah. Like, even though it's the one that started all this shit, you know. Yeah, yeah. It, it, I, I. In my opinion, it doesn't hold a candle to Rosemary's Baby. Like Rosemary's no, Baby it does doesn't. a way better job of like building tension, and oh, you have yeah. sympathy for a character. And in this one, you don't give a shit about Gregory Peck. He's just <clears> going <throat> around being a total asshole to everyone, and yeah, like that's but true. There's good parts in it. It's just like, yeah, I don't care. Um, but yeah, it's like a it's like a mainstream version of something that's supposed to be intense, like Rosemary's Baby, kind of. Yeah, yeah. It it reminded me a lot of uh, Don't Look Now, where it's just like a whole lot of a guy walking around a Europe for no good reason. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> but I found out about a movie that I haven't finished watching it yet because it's in French and uh, I wasn't able to like pay attention, pay attention. Uh, it's called Subway. It's from 1985. It's directed by Luc Besson, the, the guy that did The Fifth Element and a bunch mm-hmm. of other crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. And it stars Isabel Adjani. Mm-hmm. And at the time, he was credited as Christophe Lambert. Oh, that movie is awesome. I thought that's <laughs> what you were talking about. I love that movie. I couldn't yeah. remember... I knew he was in it, so I was like, I don't remember the other stuff, but yeah, that movie yeah. kicks ass. Yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go in and watch that as soon as I have some time because that movie looks fucking great. <laughs> yeah, that's good stuff. Wow. Yeah. And so that's what we've been doing in other movies. John, I believe you have our next movie ready to go for what is our next episode in two weeks. I don't know what it is. John, what is it? Well, I uh, this movie came out in 1981. I was Ooh. pretty young, but I remember when it came out. I remember seeing trailers for it. I didn't understand the trailers. I wasn't even scared by them because I was like, what? And the name sounded hilarious to me, but I've, I've never watched it. And it's one of those movies I, I always forget about and I want to see. Uh, a guy at work found out I like horror movies, and he's been... Have you seen this? Have you seen this? Have you seen this? And then he gives me lists of things that I need to see. And I'm like, dude, there's no way I can keep up with all of this. Um, And then he mentioned, have you seen The Boogans? Just came out of nowhere. And I'm like, The Boogans? I need to watch The Boogans. 
and I still haven't watched it, but we're going to do that for the next episode. It's almost certainly terrible. But oh, it was it, it very firmly fell in that weird motel hell, the boogans. Uh, and just like those those bizarre, obscure horror movies that came out in the 80s where they were just throwing shit against a wall. <laughs> Chud. I almost picked Chud, by the way. Oh, Chud, yes. Oh. I, I love it. I love Chud. Chud is like, oh my god, it's John Goodman. Oh my god, it's this person. Like, the first time you see a lot of actors are in Chud. This was one of those, you know, like in the 80s, they always used the serious guy voice for the trailer. Yeah. And I just, I distinctly remember the voice from the trailer going, you watch out for the boogans. It's like, <laughs> it's like, boogans? Like, that's one letter away from bookers. Like, <laughs> you couldn't come up with a better name. Not scary, my guy. <laughs> boogans. Yeah, I've never seen it. I'm pretty psyched. Nice. It's going to be a whole experience. Well, tune in in two weeks after you have watched The Boogins, unless uh, we find out of a major content warning, in which case maybe you shouldn't have watched it before. <laughs> we'll find out in two weeks on the next episode of Loathsome Things. Go be good. And also, I'm sorry, you all have to be muerte. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> Stupid.